Are we, did we decide? Are we on 133? Is that where we're on? I think we're on 133. I have no idea. <laughs> this is an episode of Beers with Talos. Welcome, welcome yeah. back. The next one. Welcome one to in N plus April. one. <laughs> welcome or welcome back. This is Beers with Talos episode 133, we believe. My name is Mitch Neff. I am joined, as always, by Matt Only and Lorene Grenier. Today we are sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Is that who we're going to go with? <laughs> I was going to be NordVPN, Raid Shadow Legends. Uh, the, what's the, the Ridge Wallet? True Fire. The Ridge Wallet. The Ridge Wallet. Yes, the Ridge Wallet. The Ridge Wallet for when you want to carry things but look really yeah. tough doing it. All right, joining us today. I know there's actually, no more malls, but mall cops are still in. There's mall cop gear. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it could be that cool. That could also be a segue, <laughs> flashlights like, that burns your hands off and stuff. Well, joining us now is JJ Cummings, and he has come back to the podcast today. Uh, we have some interesting stuff to discuss today. There's been some developments and some. Uh, News come out in the network infrastructure space, and we want to dig into that some today. But first, we're going to do what we do every episode, go around the table, get an opening thought from everyone. Uh, I can go ahead and kick it off today because I had an extremely strange thing happen to me uh, a couple days ago, and I'm still trying to figure out uh, how to go about uh, figuring out what causes this. So I'm sitting here and, you know, normally when we record the podcast, you know, we have a, a microphone that goes into uh, into some kind of uh, analog digital converter box, and that's what gets your, you know, analog mic sync signal into your computer. Mine has lights on it that tell you when the audio is clipping. Uh, and I, I, I looked down two times in the last couple of days, and my mic is clipping, like wildly, and there's no sound in the room. I replaced the cord, did the same thing. Uh, I replaced. I used a different microphone the next day, did the same thing. So I have to figure out, A, what I've done to piss off the spirits in my attic, or B, what kind of low frequency is emanating so loud around my house that I can't hear it, but it is making my microphone clip. I haven't figured out which one it is, but both of them are probably going to explode my head at some point in time, so I guess it doesn't really particularly Oh, well, cool. Matter. Let me turn on screen recording just to... <laughs> <laughs> just in case. the youtube yeah, viewers was, are gonna get a treat <laughs> but no free therapy afterwards oh yeah yeah we actually we're gonna be doing a uh, subscription drive for the premium youtube channel here at the end of the show so stick around for that uh lorraine what's going on with you this week i don't know i'm worried about the, your scanner's attic right now right <laughs> like, like what the hell's going so it's obviously something outside of the range you can hear because it's not the cable so i don't know does I do have it power lines show that go up my house. on your waveforms um it, i mean it's it's not doing it now so i would actually i should record just like let it record gonna have to like stare at it for like six hours waiting for it yeah. to happen or it's I could just run happen. like a uh, a spectrum analyzer, so I could at least isolate where it's like what frequency. Yeah, like one of those remote at. control cars with like uh, infrared camera on it for ghost hunting that you could drive up here oh, when you're not around. Yeah. I could. I need to get a ghost. That's what I need. I need ghost hunting. I need a cameras. ghost hunting remote control car. Surely ghost, there's a ghost drone, ghost hunter starter kit on eBay that you can grab while you're getting your Maverick helmet. Oh, I promise. Almost. There's probably one on Amazon too. <laughs> 
Uh, deep cut from the last meeting we were on with the Maverick <laughs> helmet. But what's going on? What's going on, Lorene? Nothing. Uh, I've I've got no thoughts right now, which is perfect. Um, I shouldn't do so much thinking. It's bad for me. That's pro- well. I mean, I think it's probably bad for all of us when you do too much thinking, depending on where you're going with those thoughts. So there's also that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. We're uh, we'll talk about why we've had a busy week. But uh, a couple of weeks and ago, Lord has been busy. Yeah, it has. A couple of weeks ago, got to have a, an all hands meeting with my team. Uh, it was cool. Um, I think the the coolest part and and the part where I learned the most about myself was when uh, we convinced the hotel we were in to unlock the grand piano that they had. Uh, and so I was playing piano. Lorraine was playing guitar. We were taking requests, and we were just going through our list of songs that we knew. And I play, I think, I think I opened with Desperado and Lorraine was like, way to bring down the, bring down the moon. <laughs> and then like, yeah. so she, she kept, uh, I think, and then I had, I had one, I think I had one upbeat one. They had an Elton John, um, uh, your song. It was your, your song, song, which is not, I would not call that like a bop. That is as upbeat in particular, as like, I get. So she's telling me, so she, she apparently she sold her soul at the crossroads to get her guitar talent. And while the devil was there, he was like, hey, by the way, don't play downbeat songs. Only famous people get to not play, play depressing songs. You got you to gotta get the crowd on your wavelength before you can have them come along with you on a down trip. Yeah. See, she's right. She's right. You so got to like come out hot. In, you right? got to start the con. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You got to be like three quarters of the way through before you start pulling out. Yeah. The, so the we started stuff. going through like my playlist. Uh, on uh, on the the program that I used to, to 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 perform, and like I have none. Like it was, it's all downer music. <laughs> Listen, that guys, I don't my... sit down at the piano when I'm happy. Yeah, it's not how it's it works. Not, that's <laughs> exactly that's not why I started playing the guitar yeah. again. It's not because I was happy. And so so Lorene's <laughs> telling me, and I'm, I'm, so I'm like going through my list. I'm like, well, I got this song from Les Mis about how this woman loves this guy forever, and he always ignores her. And he, she's like, no. I'm like, okay. Um, how about a welcome to the Black Parade? He's like, under no circumstances. I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, there's this one about um, the artist that kills himself. And she's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to do here. I'm out of songs. <laughs> Oh, and so my, my uh, so I, so I was like, well, clearly I have discovered I have some issues that I have to deal with. And my wife was explaining to Lorena, we were talking later. She's like, this is this is the thing that he decided to do uh, during quarantine. We're really kind of refocus on it. And so like, it's not surprising that none of the songs are particularly upbeat. <laughs> JJ, welcome back to the show, buddy. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been uh, much like Matt. It's been a really long week. I. Uh, I am well prepared to not have anything on my mind for a while. Uh, and there will be at some point in the near future, maybe, probably not, <laughs> a period in my life where that will happen. Uh, although I do, you know, it does happen infrequently. I get to do uh, some, some fun things and, and take my mind off. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been more than a busy week, Matt, I want to say. It's been, it's been a busy, like a really busy year, frankly. Yeah, I was uh, talking yeah. to... Amy and I was like, I think I've forgotten what a normal workday is. Like, if something's not on fire, I don't know like what 
what my day-to-day -day work is anymore. It's just all emergencies. That's fair. I mean, it kind of a is a little aside on that, a little a little slice of this podcast now. Although the podcast is called Beers with Talos, uh, you know, we very rarely are actually drinking beers or anything on this podcast. But after the week we've had, uh, fully half of the podcast is just drinking straight hard liquor right now. <laughs> just want to put that out there. Like that's... <laughs> And I, I mean, I got to be, my wife walked in earlier and she's like, you're already drinking today. <laughs> <laughs> it's after lunch. That's what we agreed on, honey. That's right. <laughs> this is a solid 36 minute head start on later today. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, you can't drink all day if you don't start early. All right. Not with that all right, so let's dig into it. Like, no more, no more screwing around. Let's just talk about talk through what we came here to talk about today. Um, I think I want to kick this over to you, Matt, to give us a little bit of background on where we're coming from, and what we're going to be talking about today. So, this is something we've all been dealing with uh, pretty much all of the last however long. It, I don't know. It seems like years at this point. It's one of those kind of things. Uh, kind of been a slog, a lot of information to work through. So we're going to try and break this down in a way that uh, makes sense, explains the issue and gives you a little bit of insight into everything that we know and and what people can do to move towards security in situations like this. So, Matt, why don't you uh, give us a little briefing on what's going on? Yeah, the, the kind of the impetus of it was the recent disclosure from NCSC, along with its uh, U.S. partners. Um, on a Russian campaign targeting um, end-of-life and out-of-date Cisco routers. Uh, and so that, that was called Jaguar Tooth. And it, it basically targeted um, a vulnerability that, that has been patched for years, um, uh, required them to also have an SNMP community string, so it's a post-off. Uh, vulnerability, so there was poorly selected community strings or previously stolen community strings, and it's you know it, it kind of details out um, things, and and we can go through some of the details on that. But broader, it's an aged vuln as well. It, yeah, yeah, it's an it, you know I mean the patch has been out like like there's no there's nothing for us to do as a company in response to this in, in terms of like defense other than kind of reinforce to customers what they need to do to, to kind of secure their networks. Um, but in looking at that and in kind of looking at what we had seen over the previous six months to a year and then looking at what our um, peers in industry have published on, um, kind of the way we're looking at it now is that there is really an uptick in threat to particularly edge routers and firewalls. Um, but literally any network, edge network device from like a consumer level router up to an enterprise grade router or firewall um, has been targeted in some way by actors. Um, and we have seen some actors in some really critical spaces targeting uh, edge routers as well generally kind of looking at potentially espionage or future destructive um, activity. Uh, and so 
what we what we're taking this opportunity of with with Jaguartooth to say, yep, that that is a thing. And if you haven't patched and addressed that thing, you definitely need to do that. We would like to use this as an opportunity to open up to a broader question of like, how do you secure these highly desirable um, assets from an intelligence perspective? but that are perhaps in the most challenging place for you to secure them in terms of them being on that edge network outside of your perimeter. Oh, you mean that closet that hasn't been open for five years? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, it's not even like, it doesn't even have to be that weird. Like, like it is, you know, it's a credit to Cisco that it builds hardware that runs like that. Right. And so, like my distance path is uh, was as a network engineer before before I started in security, and like we were running Catalyst fifty five hundreds, then I know Cat fifty five hundreds are still running things now. Um, those things will run forever, and they are way into life. Um, and so um, it can be it can be like in like I don't want to make it seem like it's a this is a a thing that only only bad people have out of date, you know, hardware. Cause that's just not the truth. Like this is a, this, these are devices that run well, don't cause problems, um, are fundamental to your connection to the rest of the world. And so it, it is, it is not something you want to be tinkering with very often. And I think oh, yeah. one of the messages that we're bringing is, Hey, we need to be spending more time and care on these devices and ensuring that they are, modern sets of equipment with modern operating systems on them. I think that kind of speaks a little toward um, <clears throat> a slightly different mindset that sometimes exists between network ops and security ops, right? If network ops has a switch or a router that has 25 gajillion hours of uptime, the very last thing they're going to try and do is touch that. Like they're going to jinx the whole thing, right? And these aren't exactly <laughs> easy devices to swap out like i mean there's no hot swapping 500 or a thousand edge devices over a weekend i mean that's not a thing that you can really conceivably do but jj you've been working on this um on a pretty granular level uh what would you like to kind of add into the briefing you know i think that um you know matt already uh, certainly highlighted some of it right and and what you just mentioned, kind of the disparity between network operations and security operations is significant, right? As a, as a network operations team, their primary task is to keep the network up and running, right? So that the rest of the business can do everything that the rest of the business needs to do across that network. <clears throat> so anything that might involve a disruption to that, whether it be placing uh, a patch or updating the software or replacing hardware, right, cuts into that significantly. And so, you know, they, they are incentivized in a way not to do that because their job is to keep the network running all the time. Uh, so, you know, the, then there's also the, the disparity of conversation even this, between network ops and security ops, right? These things are things that are just network devices. Um, nobody's, nobody's worried about or touching them. Bad guys don't do bad guy things on those. Uh, that's why I have security devices, right? <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it, right? The, the security device protects all the things, even though uh, in, in many cases we've seen, uh, as Matt already pointed out, things that live outside on the edge, right, uh, on the border, beyond the security devices being heavily targeted. Um, it's, you know, it's unfortunately a de facto standard of how the entire system is built now, that these things are um, 
not only not secured, but as a result of that, very ripe targets uh, for any any number of adversary, whether they're targeting a Soho device for a relatively simplistic uh, reason, or whether they're targeting a you know a much larger uh, telco device for purposes of of espionage. And you know, if you think about it from an espionage perspective, uh, these are perfect targets, right? Everybody uses ISPs, um, and if I can hit one ISP, I've got however many targets potentially that are their customers that I might be able to to look into or look at. Uh, and all of the traffic flows through these devices. So now I don't have to go out and touch, you know, 50 different things. I can maybe go touch one or two things uh, and, and gain a level of uh, visibility and access that, um, you know, would have taken me significantly longer potentially to, to develop. Well, and I, I think you touched on a key point there. Like once you have a presence or a, a point of entry on an edge networking device, I mean, you can pivot to God knows where from that kind of a foothold, right? I mean, like you're on the network on the wire and the danger isn't just exfiltrating data off the wire. It's where you go from that device, right? Is that what we're, I mean, what, what are we seeing happen once somebody attacks one of these devices? What's the danger for real? Yeah, sure. So the answer to that is yes. <laughs> it's it's really quite vast, is what I'm trying to say, right? So certainly, we see collections occurring on these devices, right? The capturing of very specific traffic types to um, certainly harvest credentials for, to your point, additional uh, lateral movement or capability to expand their footprint into the environment or into a customer's environment, if it's, you know, potentially a telco. Um, certainly, we see the exfiltration and targeting and capturing of information uh, to better understand um, a common one, for example, that I think is relatively well known, or at least it's been published and talked about, is are simple things like GRE tunnels. So we'll see we'll see a bad guy go in, configure a GRE tunnel, and define uh, what's called interesting traffic, and all that means is traffic that will then be piped over that interesting so the, over that tunnel as as interesting. Uh, so this would be, you know, maybe DNS requests, for example, so the bad guy can see all of the DNS requests being made by a given organization. Um, and in some cases, they would even potentially be able to intercept and or modify those. So now we're stepping outside the realm also of just collecting information. Now we're able to potentially modify in line and change uh, the destination of a host to you know, whatever whatever purposes they might want. It could be something as simple as, probably isn't, but something as simple as phishing and credential harvesting. Um, you know, hey, this is an internal SharePoint site. I know they're going to, if I change the DNS response, they're going to go to my SharePoint site uh, and I'm going to collect all of their, you know, their maybe it's SSO credentials, maybe it's whatever, but, you know, the list goes on and on and on <laughs> of possibilities that you then have. I have seen people use those to do things like uh, backdoor common utilities that are used by your company and then just intercept downloads of these utilities and give you a new installer that has a DLL in there that hands everything back to the people who gave it to you. So like 7-zip, stuff like that. Stuff like uh, no one's checking the signature on their binaries if you walk out your door and you stop the first 10 people on the street you see and be like how do signatures and binary work or what are they for they're not going to know so that is not helping anybody at all really in this scenario. most of them will probably be like what's a binary but that's yeah 
uh, we'll use English that other humans speak, but not English, whatever, whatever they think those things are. Apps? I mean, I would I say know. the same thing, right? They'd be like, what? I have a phone. It has an app oh, on it. Excuse me. Let me, yeah. <laughs> let me start again. I was imagining how well it would go around where I live if you were to mention things that people don't understand and use the word binary in a sentence. It probably wouldn't end well. The uh, Matt. Yeah. Shot in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Florida. Matt, um, so this problem that we saw described uh, in terms of just like Jaguar tooth, uh, this announcement specifically mentioned uh, the vulnerability that affects Cisco networking devices. Uh, but the problem is not limited to like, hey, here's a, here, here's a few routers that everybody should go fix. Um, the problem, the problem set is actually a lot larger than that. Like this is not a vendor issue. Like you mentioned, like these patches have been out for what we're seeing get attacked. Yep. Presumably there's more vulnerabilities than what's mentioned here that are being leveraged in, in this style of style of attack. Uh, and definitely, um, this is an issue that addresses or is of concern to more vendors than just Cisco. So how wide is the problem set? And the problem space, right? Yeah. So, um, like in terms of, so we're we're thinking of it as, um, as what are people interested in? And I think we've defined kind of that that you know any any global intelligence organization probably has a reason to go after um, telecommunications equipment like routers and firewalls, um, and then. So one of the reasons that you see Cisco involved is because Cisco is such a large vendor in that space. But when you look at something like the Vulcan papers that the Washington Post and the Guardian and other media companies published on um, a few weeks ago, which were um, contracting documents that had been leaked from Russian intelligence contractors, um, one, of the, one of them was describing a scanning system uh, looking for network devices and they listed 19 different router vendors that they were able to identify and highlight um, for the customer. And so this is definitely a, a kind of, we're not talking just to Cisco customers. We're like, hey, if you are a network operator um, um, or if you are in security operations and, and are involved in, in network operations as well, um, there's a, what we are seeing is a widespread campaign globally against routers and firewalls on the edge. And what we can say is we are seeing our, our adversaries be more successful on out-of-date and um, out-of-date and end-of-life hardware, out-of-date software, end-of-life hardware. And so first step is make sure you're running modern hardware. Second step is make sure you're running modern operating systems. And that'll get you a fair ways down the road um, to go. But we've also seen a lot of credential stealing. Um, we've seen attacks at the enterprise level, gathering information about networks, gathering network diagrams, network configs, um, access to TACAC servers, stuff like that. Um, and so this is, this is a sophisticated adversary, and they're going to only jump over walls that you put in front of them they're not going to show off for you so you need to take a a kind of a traditional 
ground up base level approach to security and really focus in on your edge devices and go, do I have everything in order? Are my jump hosts locked down? Are, is my um, uh, credential or my AAA servers properly configured, updated, patched, isolated? Um, am I monitoring NetFlow? Would I know when a new unknown GRE tunnel is spun up or a new VPN connection um, or an odd connection to the the external interface of my router? Would I at least have a chance to investigate that and see what's going on? Um, there's a there's what we're basically trying to kind of highlight is there's a, a real kind of fight going on right now for control of internet facing network devices. And we're just asking people to, to really think about how they're building their defenses and providing some, some suggestions, you know. Network devices, we often don't collect the same type of telemetry and information, and we're not logging that the same way as we are on security devices where those logs are like tantamount to success, right? Right, right. Uh, so how are we going to, A, find all the shit that we need to replace or update? Yep. B, figure out what's going on with that device and what it has done in the past or is now doing uh, that is not cool. Uh, so like, what kind of solutions are going to help with this kind of stuff? Is this like a place where like NetFlow is going to be of assistance yeah. or can we tune special intrusion prevention rules to look for this? So, I mean, one of the challenges on the, on the edge stuff is that they're typically going to be outside of your IPSs. Like it's the last device before you get to your ISP. So there's not generally going to be some kind of firewall or traffic um, monitoring device between you and your edge router. But um, so to keep start simple... Um, select complex passwords and community strings. Um, use two-factor authentication where you can. Um, encrypt all of your management traffic. So whether that's you know SNMP v3 using SSH, NetConf, RESTConf, stuff like that. Um, treat your TACAX or Radius servers, your internal AAA servers, as like crown jewel devices. Like they need to be heavily locked down and, and monitored. Um, you want to utilize the capabilities of those AAA servers, um, to help you keep your network secure. So like one of the, one of the, one of the kind of high end sort of techniques that we've seen is actors who had stolen credentials, gotten level 15 access to a device, but had wanted to implant, um, a piece of malware into the router. Um, actually configured the router um, into a um, vulnerable state and then executed attack against that router. And so if you're, if you're able to use TACAX or RADIUS to limit the configuration changes that can be made, um, so like if you're not using a technology, don't allow it to be configured um, and particularly don't allow AAA authentication to be shut off, which is also another kind of first step that we see a lot is just no AAA authentication um stuff like that um you want to be keeping close eye on your AAA logs and your syslogs um but the big thing and, and this is this is kind of the hardest thing that we that we we ask is understand like network devices aren't like trying to defend an endpoint device they are not typically the destination for a lot of traffic they specifically are trying to flow traffic through them and so to some extent, you can monitor a little more easily unusual connections that dead end into that device. And so using NetFlow 
and and ACLs and stuff like that to, to kind of control access to that device and know when there's unusual connections or long-term connections to that device are useful. But also, like the the other the other piece to that besides watching for indications of unusual behavior is tracking your configuration changes so that when there's a change, you know that some kind of unusual thing had been had been done or it configured. And so those are the big kind of like foundational things. And then the last thing is these are specialized hardware devices and um, uh, a software stack that, that most people aren't real familiar with. So if you get yourself into a situation where you think you have a security issue with a Cisco device, um, reach out to TAC um, for assistance um, or your vendor, like if, if you've got a, another vendor, um, reach out for, for them to help you um, kind of diagnose and troubleshoot that, that incident. I mean, my theory is so, I mean, I put my Xboxes out into the DMZ and when they get too shot up, I just buy a new one. So, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> I mean, but you're forced into that because certain games won't run. So, you know, got to keep that NAT open, son. Like, <laughs> uh, actually, Matt, on a, on, on a serious note, you touched on something uh, in those uh, tips that, that I don't think we discussed uh, much as part of the problem space, uh, you indicated a couple times that it seems like attackers are getting uh, some type of tenuous control of these devices, then reconfiguring them back to a more vulnerable state to do further damage. Like I'm trying to pick up on 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 what some of those tips were about there. Yeah, I mean, so uh, in in kind of going through some of the behaviors that we've seen to kind of explain some of the um, the recommendations, um, and one of the indications that we've got some pretty sophisticated actors on our hands um, is that they'll they will actually. Um, change the memory state they'll like write um write bytes into memory to change some of the boundary protections that we've added to patch previous vulnerabilities to reintroduce new vulnerabilities um, and they've also for example if they know that they're on a particular version of software and it has a vulnerability in let's say ospf like that's not that's not an example but 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 to pick one um that technology they could configure that router to run OSPF to then be able to execute the attack on it. And so um, that's that's kind of like, like if you see an unusual change or a technology you don't use, something pop up in your device, um, that, that would be something that I would definitely dig into um, going forward. Definitely another indicator to look for. Yeah, and, and so like if we look at, if we look at um, the Jaguar Tooth example, um, for a moment. So the way Jaguar Tooth went down is um, the adversary clearly guessed some SNMP protocol or SNMP community strings um, or had access to community strings beforehand and then um, connected to the devices via SNMP and then triggered CVE 2017-6742, um, which was patched by us back in June of 2017. 2017. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's six years. It's been, it's been, it's been a bit. Um, <laughs> and so... Close to uh, six years. Yeah. So, but once they were in, they would then install um, uh, uh, 
a a router implant or a piece of malware into the device and then steal a configuration and then they would have access there and then they may do additional things to kind of just like anywhere else make sure they continue to have access uh and so that's sort of that's what you're what you're doing there is that's 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 you're looking for like breach detection at that point you're like you're looking for any clue that there's something wrong um to give you a leg up on response and that's why that's why understanding what your environment is configured for and how it behaves is so important um, so that you can see when things are weird and different and you can start asking questions because that's sort of the foundation of a, how a lot of incidents get started. What can we expect going forward? Uh, and by that, I mean, now that uh, this has become apparent and exposed and known, uh, should we be worried about like fast followers? and other folks trying no, to you sh- imitate you should, what they've uh, seen. I feel like this has been going on for like a decade and a half, so you should be worried about the th- place that those guys are going next, not the place where the idiots are going to follow now. <laughs> That's one you know about, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, all right, they're looking here. We're gone now. Next thing. Right? That's By it. By the this time part, you this, hear this about this stock over. tip on CNBC, it's already passed, right? Like yeah, that's, that's, that's generally my view. That's, that's how... So if you are on an attacker side, that is always how you're thinking. The second a person that's not in your inner cabal knows about something, you stop looking at it instantly. You're like, this game is over. Okay, next one. And that's, you know, you saw that forever with the places people find vulnerabilities, right? Uh, you watch the Twitter crowd move uh, like a herd towards whatever the last thing was. Here come the CLFS bugs. They're never going to stop. Uh, and, you know, the people who are breaking into stuff are never going to use them again unless they want to pretend they're idiots for a day. Give you the wrong impression, right? But that being said... Uh, it's hard to get away from routers, and they're really hard to inspect. So, you know, probably there'll be like a small cooldown period, and then they'll be back in there when people forget about it, right? And, you know, like you said, uh, there's really no reason to replace uh, your clothes dryer if it's working perfectly, right? You're not going to buy a new one so that you could monitor it with your cell phone if the one you bought in 1985 is still running perfectly. And that's how network devices are, right? JJ, so what is, uh, we, we, we've seen what's happening now. Uh, now this has been announced, right, with a you know, big joint announcement. Uh, so wh- where do we go from here? Like, wh- where's, where's the, I don't, I, I don't want to, like, keep beating the drum of, like, let's keep walking down this path towards security. But, like, what is what is the way out right now for somebody who, I mean, they may not even know all the devices they have, right? Like they may not know the state that they're in, whether or not they're vulnerable. Like where does where does a company who has it is more than a couple dozen of these devices start? Real quick, before you get there, like the way you ask that question, I wanted to tell people the very first thing malicious actors are doing is taking an inventory of your network. Like it is the very first thing they do. Like we can see them doing it. 
like <laughs> whoever knows the network better owns the yeah, network. Like, 100%. That's how network yeah. war like, is. As boring as I'm honest, Matt, that's not where I thought you were going with that question. I thought you were going to talk about the humor of my face while I try and figure out the end of my question no. before no, <laughs> well, like, after I've started it. Like like if you don't get to if you don't get to watch some of these, you know, people at play, you don't understand like how funny it is that they must how funny they must think it is that you don't know about your network because they will spend days using the technology to understand how your network is laid out and and, and like like they they will know exactly what hardware you're running and exactly what software you're running and what connects to what and where your firewalls are and where your authentication system are and where your logs are all of it they will know and it is so critical for you to Think like that when you're approaching securing your network because that's where the fight is. Like Lorraine said, the person that knows the network best is going to win. I mean, it's it's a it's a good point, right? And it's the same thing. The same thing you see on endpoints is the same thing you see inside of these. They're going to use existing tooling, uh, existing discovery tools that almost every network device is is built with uh, in order to identify everything that that it's talking to and everything in the environment. And I, you know, I think that, um, I, I think that I, I agree mostly with, with Loreen. I think that certainly some of the actors are going to move on. Um, but there also is going to exist a fair number of, and, and I mean, we see this even in endpoint defense today, right? There's going to exist still a fair number of those places that they have access to that are either not going to get the message, not going to understand the message, and the persistence is still going to be there, right? The bad guy is still going to have that access. They're still going to use it. Um, and t- to me, this is, uh, while it's not altogether new, I would agree that, you know, we're talking about a decade to a decade and a half of abuse, certainly, like uh, Loreen mentioned. Um, it's still, for some of these players, somewhat new, and certainly for defenders, it's very new. So the in the West, in the West, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you look back uh, in the past ten or fifteen years at some of the uh, things more uh, eastward security companies have reported on, you will find plenty of it. I guess that's a fair that that's a fair call out. Yeah. Have we already seen similar things? If not, like what would be. F- farm league programs and like uh vpn filter sea turtle other things that we've talked about over the last few years like i mean edge devices have kind of been in demand in bad guy terms for a minute haven't they they have um they're just getting much more advanced right at the end of the day from a um like if you look at the jaguar tooth stuff right it's it's non-persistent right so uh somebody reboots the device, they do the wrong thing on device in, in a number of cases, then the, the malicious uh, code goes away, right? The, the malicious implant goes away. So, <clears throat> you, you know, we're continuing to see an evolution of this, just like any, just like any evil, it's evolving, right? I mean, there's a lot of Soho device targeting when I think of that, that class of thing, but that's a, I think that's a separate conversation, um, not exclusive, but it's uh, it's certainly separate, and I think I think we're going to continue to see it, right? I do. I think we're going to continue to see aggressive targeting of these because they are. Um, it's, even to Lorene's point earlier, right? If I can get on an edge device and I can start to replace binaries or redirect traffic, right? Then I don't have to do so much to go in and touch each device on the inside network. They're going to do it for me, 
uh, at the end of the day. The, the users are. If you're listening to this uh, as this episode comes out, you can check in with us at RSA. Uh, Matt, Lorene, and I will be available in the Cisco uh, customer VIP lounge at a couple different points throughout the week. We're having a meet and greet there and doing some podcasting. Uh, we'll also have several of our folks around the booth in both the North and South Hall. Uh, if you have any questions or just want to have a have a chat about similar topics, uh, also at Cisco Live, you can come and, and talk to us there. Uh, is there before we go around to get a closing thought and parting shot? I want to give everybody uh, one last chance. If there's any other advice that we can give uh, to help folks listening move toward a more secure posture and position uh, in this regard, we'd love to hear it. So the um, I kind of pulled up the uh, the Jaguar Tooth report because I remember something um, from from their description. To, to go back to the, an inventory is important. Here are the seven or eight commands that Jaguar Tooth runs as soon as it connects and sends back off, off of the device uh, via TFTP. It goes, and, and you should probably like go to your edge routers if, if, if you're allowed. Uh, don't be a bad boy. But if you're allowed, go to your edge routers and, and run these commands. Don't do a dumb. Yeah, don't do a dumb. <laughs> don't get me in trouble. Um, and, and figure out what what you learn from from them and so they start with show running config then they do a show version they do a show ip interface brief they do a show arp they show cdp neighbors they show start they show ip route and they show flash and those are all the things that they want to know they want to know what you're configured to do what version of software you're running what you're connected to who your neighbors are who your local neighbors are, um, and how you get places, and then what your underlying flash flash versions are. So that's that is literally the very very first thing they do. It's so critical that you understand the environment you're trying to defend. I cannot pound that drum hard enough. And that list is available in the announcement and. That's from the blog post. That's, that's on NCSC's description of the Jaguar Tooth malware. Okay. Okay. Uh, link to that will be included in the show notes, of course, as well as a link to our resources uh, and our external web pages uh, with more information uh, and, and more links to sources to, to get the info that you need here. Uh, JJ, Lorene, anything you guys want to add before we go around the table and get closing thoughts, parting shots? I think that... Um you know, the only thing that I would kind of add is I would I would certainly amplify that you need to be paying attention to and know the acceptable technologies that are enabled uh, on your devices. But th that kind of ties back to also kind of a more basic thing to me, which is uh, which isn't a thing necessarily that I see a lot of organizations doing, uh, and that is being highly restrictive with the accounts that actually have access to these devices, right? So you may have a network team that has, let's say, 20 personnel in it. Maybe that's big. Maybe it's got five personnel. Lock that down so that only one or maybe two of those accounts at most actually have access to make significant changes and then develop a change control process by which changes are uh, tracked uh, and approved so that when something that's unauthorized happens, you're much more able to identify and even should it so happen, uh, later forensically identify that, oh, hey, 
you know, this user who is in fact not authorized to execute these types of commands in their account uh, does not have this level of access typically came in and executed these uh, these commands and turned things on, turned things off, um, or, or did the, the various evils that they might have done if they were in fact, uh, or if that account was in fact controlled by the bad guy. Curious, uh, out of curiosity, uh, have we observed any default admin credit abuse associated with this? Sure. I mean, that's kind of what, to, to my mind, that's a lot of what Jaguar Tooth is about. Uh, like, it's 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 right community string SNMP type stuff, right? You in order to ex, in order to be able to successfully exploit the vulnerability in Jaguar Tooth, you have to have. The, the string, which are effectively credentials, right, to be able to to perpetrate the attack. And in almost every case uh, that I can think of where we have identified this type of behavior, it has been post-authentication, right? Bad guys have somehow gained a level of access, uh, not through exploitation, to the device or to credentials for the device, and then from there um, conducted their evils, right? So Protecting your credentials, whether it's community strings, whether it's actual credentials, whether it's credential stores, like go down the list, uh, is 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 key here, right? Um, the good news is why MFA matters, I guess. <laughs> well, certainly that, uh, certainly that. Yeah, the, the, the bad guys have gotten good. I, at it's just that kind out. of mind blowing to think that like the lowest effort attack that works at an Airbnb also works in the Fortune 500 <laughs> and with uh, you know major government entities. So well, I mean, I mean. Understand that that with these with these adversaries, sometimes they are tasked with getting something somewhere, and then sometimes they're tasked with getting this specific thing. And so sometimes you're out there looking for what you can get a hold of. Um, sometimes you're out there working on the back of previous operations, so you already have some of this. I don't think there's an epidemic necessarily of people who are using default credentials, but and this is this should be no surprise. If you are using default credentials, you are owned. Like there is <laughs> no two ways about it. Um, so that that's the only answer. I mean, it says it in the manual that comes with the router. Like I mean, it's right. It's. I'm pretty sure right nobody there. else read. You are, they know your password, dog. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just use the default password, though. You don't need monitoring because you know your own. You don't have to wonder about it. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> The more you can not look like everybody else, the better off you are. That just yeah, that's a that's like a fifth tier security recommendation. Like you don't don't go tinkering with shit like that until you are way down the road. But like not looking like other people is is a good way to go a long way in security without having problems. Yeah, I mean don't don't be the lowest hanging fruit, right? Like I used to, <laughs> I used to make this analogy, right? You want to. Let your neighbor get eaten by the bear before you get eaten by the bear. Don't have to run faster than the bear. I just have to run faster than you. That's it. <laughs> I mean, at some point, the bear's still going to catch up to you if you're not paying a little more attention. But <laughs> especially, especially if it's a cocaine fueled bear. 
<laughs> you know, actually, I uh, one of my friends actually watched this movie, and they're like, dude, seriously, wait until it's free. It's one of those scam movies where, like, all the funny stuff is in the trailer, and, like, if you've seen the trailer, you've already seen it, like, wait until it's free. Because I was like, oh, it's like 10 bucks. I'm just going to rent it on Amazon or whatever it was, and they're like, no, don't do it. Don't spend the money. It just was wait. funny. <laughs> it was funny. It was better than 20 bucks funny? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 20 bucks. Eh. It's 10 bucks funny. Yeah, it's 10 bucks funny. It's 10 bucks funny. <laughs> it's 10 bucks funny. All right. Let's uh let's wrap this episode up uh and go around the table. Again, before we go around the table and get closing thoughts and parting shots, uh just a reminder on your podcast app or on our page wherever you're listening to this, check the show notes. Uh we have lots of links that will be helpful in uh you attaining a better position and a better posture around this topic. Uh, but with that, let's, uh, we've all, <laughs> we've had a very, very long week with this. So let's get some closing thoughts and parting shots uh, and close this thing up. Because for those of you not in the know, this is the last thing we do the weeks that we record. And everybody is off to pretend they're relaxing while they're watching their IM clients, emails, and other devices for the next 72 hours. So uh, let's do this the same order we started. Uh, Lorene, I guess that's you. No, you were first. Oh, that's true. I was first. I was first. I did go first. So uh, I'm actually, uh, this weekend, I'm actually looking forward to a couple of things, uh, and that is both of my children are in the state finals uh, for their respective rowing events. And frankly, both of them stand a, a, a legitimate chance at making it to nationals, which means we would be going up to Oak Ridge and I would be hanging out with my boy Azim talking about rowing things instead of security things for an entire weekend in June, which I would find <laughs> enjoyable. That would be great. So that, that, that's where I'm closing up today. Uh, Lorene, I'm going to pass it over to you. I'm going to fulfill my primary function on the podcast and differ with everybody. And I'm, I'm just going to say, you know what? Uh, to hell with it. Everyone else is doing it. You should do a dumb. Be a bad boy. Do it. <laughs> Matt, closing thought, parting shot. <laughs> do not do not send us emails. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Listen, you don't know you've gone too far until the consequences get too severe. But I did There's it for the one right way to reasons. find this out. <laughs> uh, it's birthday weekend for me, which means uh, I have Monday off. So, JJ and Mitch, haha, uh, ha, enjoy your time <laughs> dealing with the thing that we're dealing with. Um, but, uh, yeah, to sort of to learn, like, like, spend some time, like, thinking about, you know, what an actor would do in your environment and kind of, of what they would try to, how they would learn about your environment and see if there's ways for you to to get that same kind of perspective and then figure out how you might detect that happening. Like security can be so stale if you're, if you're just stuck in patch this inventory of that, but it's all so critical. Make sure you make time for kind of some creative thinking and approaches to, to security as well. Or just send Lorene like bootlegs of rare dead concerts and she'll give you a free pen test anyway. Or don't. And maybe she'll give you a free pen test anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually a protection racket. I anyone who doesn't send me tapes, free pen test. 
<laughs> JJ, buddy, parting shot, closing thought. Yeah, no, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm both excited and not excited for for Olney to be out. Uh, I, I won't get Olney'd, uh, which means pulled into some rando thing. However, comma, I'm going to anyway because I have to cover the things anyway. Uh, I was going to say that's exactly what's going to happen. You just don't have me <laughs> yeah, as a no, middleman. It's, it's going to happen without you. That's right. <laughs> I think he's just saying it's happening without his consent is what he's trying to. <laughs> I mean, it always happens there. without my consent. Let's, you know, let's be honest here. But no, I think. Same thing I told Matt <laughs> earlier today. Remember, Mitch, you signed up for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that, uh, you know, to, to echo and kind of amplify what uh, Lorene and Matt said, right? Think about think about what a bad guy would be looking at, how they would be trying to enumerate that additional information inside of your environment. I think it's a big deal. Um, you know, this is, while it's not necessarily a new thing, it's a thing that it, that's important for, for us to highlight and for network operations teams to highlight and better understand, like you, you are no longer just there at this point to provide availability, right? You now have to interface and have a better understanding of kind of the security ecosystem and your security team as a whole. Uh, and I, I think I would say then also to the security team, right, be understanding and mindful of that. These these network ops teams are not used to this, right? They're used to, oh, I put an ACL list, uh, you know, I put an ACL on a thing and that IP can no longer talk to the thing. So my security bit here is done. <laughs> um, it, it extends certainly much, much uh, beyond that to even include the, right, the internal ops and, uh, uh, uh different teams responsible for internal authentication and security. And I mean, this is a, this is a play that involves all of the teams effectively. Right. And as far as I'm concerned anyway, um, because we've seen, we've seen the bad guys come from the inside with real credentials. We've seen them come from the outside with SNMP. We've, uh, seen them do all kinds of, all kinds of crazy things that, um, in, involve other teams. Right. So, that's that's kind of where I'm at, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna take some time. Also, my kids are not in any uh, um, any finals or anything yet. We're hoping to get there, but we're gonna go play some some baseball and some softball. And uh, nice, uh, I'm gonna forget for a, a solid five minutes at a time uh, about. Uh, <laughs> At least while they're at the plate, you know. That's like, right. <laughs> while I'm, you know, while I'm coaching third base and trying to remember, oh wait, the ball, yeah, run, run. <laughs> but uh, just send them, man. Just always send them. Like that's the rule in little league. If you're the third base coach, base coach, just oh, send them. Man, I'm like, gonna tell you, I messed up last night. I didn't rock. send them. I needed to force the other team to throw. We had a late game last night. Yeah, I, make them throw. I got in they trouble. Mess up all. I got in trouble. I should have yeah. made them throw it. So. Send anyway, them. that's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Until you know that right fielder can throw a ball, send them all. That's like it. that's that's the way it goes. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to us today. And this of all episodes, please remember to check the show notes. Check out the links that we have available there. Uh, there'll be additional information that goes into a, a level of detail that we're just not able to do on a podcast. Uh, remember to to come see us. Uh, at the next conference or, or show that you're at that we are also at um, off the top of my head over the next few months those are RSA Cisco Live uh, Black Hat uh, we'll be at all those uh, we'd love to talk but until next time do your best try to not do a bad stay safe stay do secure bad. and we'll talk to you bad, that'd be bad <laughs> all the bad things you're done until next time cheers <laughs> <laughs>